Hi, friends. Happy Sunday. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. I love getting to be with you on a Sunday. We've got a great show in store. It's day four of the 2021 Christmas party, where we're bringing you 12 days in a row of Christmas episodes. Imagine we're all just like mingling around at a fun get-together, eating great food, listening to awesome music. You hear it in the background right now. It's our friends for King & Country with Little Drummer Boy from their album, A Drummer Boy Christmas. And we're just chatting with old friends and getting to know some new ones. Don't miss our first three days with the guys from Deck the Hallmark, Portia Williams, and Keaton Claus. But usually on Sundays in our 12-day series, I like to bring on some of my favorite pastors and some of my favorite leaders in the faith space to kind of have a Sunday conversation with us. So that's what we have done today. Before we dive into that conversation, I want to take a moment and share about one of our incredible partners, Stephanie Mae Wilson and her new prayer journal. You may be familiar with Stephanie. She's the host of the Girls' Night podcast and author of The Lipstick Gospel, and she recently came out with a beautiful new prayer journal called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God. God when you don't know what's next. And it's perfect for any woman who is navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's for the single woman hoping to find her person or the woman who's dating someone and wondering if it's time to take the next step. The woman who's wondering if the career she's been in for so long is still the place she wants to invest her time and energy. And it's for the woman asking whether or not she's ready to have a baby and a woman dealing with the complexities of trying to grow her family and really any of us who are navigating uncertainty in the wake of the last couple of years that have definitely felt like our sense of security has been shaken up a bit. Stephanie has written a hundred beautiful guided prayer prompts in the between places, and they will help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace, knowing he's always with you. To pick up a copy of this beautiful keepsake prayer journal, just head to stephaniemaywilson.com. And if you use the promo code Annie, it'll give you 15% off. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com. And the promo code for 15% off is Annie today on the show. On our first of two Sunday shows during the 12 days of Christmas, I get to talk with my friend Becca Stevens. You may remember Becca from episode 117 when she was on the podcast before. It's a great one to go back and listen to today. She's a speaker, social entrepreneur, author, a priest, the founder of 10 Justice Initiatives, and president of Thistle Farms, which you've heard us talk about a lot. We rave about the good work that they do. She's been featured on PBS NewsHour, the Today Show, Show, CNN, ABC World News, named a CNN hero and a White House champion of change. Drawn from 25 years of leadership and mission-driven work, Becca leads important conversations across the country with an inspiring message that love is the strongest force for change in the world. She has a new book out called Practically Divine. It is just beautiful. I find her so wise and inspiring, and I know that you will too. Just a note to any of my mini BFFs listening, because of the nature of Becca's work with Thistle Farms, we do discuss some themes that might be a bit grown up for my mini BFFs. So it may be one to listen to on your own. And honestly, if there's abuse in your story, I just want you to know the work of Thistle Farms and that that is what we are talking about today. So just want you to have that all in your head so it does not surprise you. So let's find a quiet corner to chat in and spend some time with our friend, Becca Stevens. Becca, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Thanks for doing this today. Gosh, huge honor. I'm so excited to be here. I just absolutely love every time we get to sit down. So thank you for letting us record this conversation. Okay, you were on November of 2018. So it's been about three years. Oh my gosh. How are you? (laughs) How's everything? You know, I saw somebody at a stupid gathering last night 
who said, you remember me? And I was oh, like, oh, why did people start and like I go, that? I go, did I meet you before COVID? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yes. And I said, no, I did. No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not remember. If it was pre-COVID, I'm out. The kindest thing people can do in those moments is go, hey, we've met before. My name is Annie. Yes. Versus, do you remember me? Because do you remember me is... It's I, a quiz. Yes. Yes. It's a quiz. <laughs> and you're like, how... What? No matter my answer, I'm wrong. Or... I need a multiple choice. That's fair. <laughs> Give me name options and where we met options. And I bet I'll pick the right one. I'll pick one of the two correctly. What was COVID like? I mean, you run Thistle Farms that our friends get to hear about a lot on the podcast because I love it. And we're grateful that we get to partner with y'all. When a thing like COVID happens for women that you serve, how does it change their lives in ways that it didn't change my life? Yeah. So, I mean, there was so much crazy about COVID in the whole journey of the last 18 months for their whole community, individual women, all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I heard about COVID. I was sitting at um, an asylum seeking camp in Mexico when they said, we're shutting it down at Uh -uh. the border, you know, March 12th. When you're sitting in Mexico. I'm sitting in Mexico. So I left and I came home and all, like you, Annie, like all the gigs shut down, everything, everything happened. Thank you. Everything happened. And so I came home thinking, my calendar's wide open. Everything's wide open. Thistle Farms did not have to shut down. We were considered essential work. We started (gasps) manufacturing, you know, hand sanitizer. We were making masks, the whole thing. And the very first thing I heard from one of the women is, I don't feel trapped at home. I feel safe at home. And that's a huge difference. She said, I've been trapped at home before. Yeah. So there was this idea that we're going to keep people safe. So we started this whole food delivery system. That was the very first thing we did. And then we just branched out into we're going to write 10,000 letters of gratitude. If everybody's Uh -uh. sitting around, the cafe's closed, our shop's closed. We have a bunch of justice enterprises, you know, that we Y'all have expanded. Y'all took over that whole block. I drove by yesterday, and I was like, with my friend Kelly, and I was like, Kelly, did you know that Thistle Farms took over the whole block on Charlotte? That's And we just bought another building. (gasps) Uh Uh-uh, right there or somewhere else? No, there's no other buildings to buy there, so we bought uh, just down the road a bit. But I would say that for us as a community and for individual women, COVID was in many ways very, very hard. There were people hospitalized, all that, but in many, many ways, this huge gift. Wow. We did about 147% increase in uh, sales <laughs> online. People just stayed home and shopped and yes. they thought of Thistle Farms and what we were doing. We opened a safe house. We yes. opened a brand new house. It wasn't that we shut down our residential program because of COVID. We expanded. So it's been this crazy thing of, you know, we all got COVID. We all got vaccinated. (laughs) We went through all those journeys together. But it was was a humbling, beautiful, deep, Mm -hmm. meaningful time for Mm us. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the shows that our friends have heard so far on 12 Days of Christmas. And yesterday we talked about decorating. And we talked about big houses with lots of trees and lots of decisions you have to make. And I'm thinking, man... This is the yes and of life that both these types of families have existed and everything in between and above and below. And I don't know who's the above and who's the below. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that we're just better when we're together. Yes. When the above and the below, however you measure that and however you flip that, when we're together. Yeah. I mean, that's when love is exchanged, which means that's where God's present. Yes. And without each other, it's like, depressing and scary. Yes. And you also pastor a community here. So not only are you pastoring the Thistle Farms women in this time and your own heart and your own family, you've got a 
flock of sorts. You've got a community mm-hmm. at y'all's church that you're in charge of. How are you all right? <laughs> I mean, Angie wrote Practically Divine, and you said it's the best thing you've ever written, which I loved it. So thank you. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. You know, I think I was thinking this is the crazy thing. Can I tell you a quick story? Or yes, not? of course. Oh my gosh, as so, many as you want. The other day I was in the bathtub where I do all my writing and thinking, and I hope that gives no one a visual. (laughs) (laughs) But I was in there thinking about, I don't want to put up a tree this year. This is 2021, and I don't feel like putting up a tree. And I was like, I wonder what that is about. Like, I've never done that. I have three kids, husband, 34 years. And I was like, maybe this is the aftermath. And I have seen when I've been on the road, and I'm sure you have this fall when you're touring and speaking, there's a lot of stress and there's something different in the air this year than even last year when people are pulling together. So what I was thinking is, could I give myself permission to not decorate? Like what would happen if you didn't? What if you didn't pull all the plastic stuff out, put it up? And it's nothing in the world, but it's something in your family. It's something in your spirit when you allow yourself to think it. And I was like, I think I'm just really tired. I think yeah. I'm um, not depressed. I'm still hopeful. I still have a million ideas. I think it's, I just don't want it to go, keep going like I'm pretending it's the same. Mm. And then I thought, well, I'll only do it. I'll only decorate if one of my kids says, where's the tree? Yeah. Then I'll go get it. Yeah. Then I'll feel guilty as a mom and go get it. <laughs> I got, Are all your boys out of the house? Um, no. Okay. We have one still in the house. Okay. And so then I got out of the bathtub and walked out the house for work. First got dressed just so yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. everybody's feels safe. <laughs> and there was a decorated wreath on my front porch. And an old friend whose son had just joined the Boy Scouts had to give out wreaths and they decorated one and put it on the porch. And oh I thought gosh. that's what love is. It's this idea of in community when you can't, someone else does. Wow. And when I felt like I couldn't, it took about ten minutes. And someone else did. Like yeah. the decoration was done. There's a wreath. It's decorated. I hung it on the front door. And I hope what people have learned in COVID and I hope what we're learning is like when I can't, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. And we can together do something and be there for each other. And so what I hope in this whole holiday season for everybody that's, you know, worrying about decorating or what the state, what what they say, there's a crisis now in America. It's an epidemic of depression among our youth. Yes, yes. That we can step in for each other and do for each other what we can't do for ourselves. Yeah. That is incredible that the wreath was sitting on your front porch. Oh, my Christmas is came. Yeah. My Christmas came and yeah. it's like way early and I'm done and I can relax and just be there for other people and say, you know, it's okay to feel all that. Yeah. It's okay to um, grieve the last 18 months, and it's okay to hope, and it's okay to leave your crap under your bed and not pull it out for Christmas. <laughs> and just not do it this year. Not do if it. you don't want to do it. Don't or do, do it. it different, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I said to a friend this morning, I don't know about this one thing in my life. I was like, I just don't know how this is going to go. I'm tired, and I just want to be found faithful. That's it. Instead of having my prayers answered, instead of it going just the way I want it to, I just want to be found faithful. Because I feel like that's when you get the wreath on your front porch, right? And it feels like that's when I say to God, I'm at the end of what I'm able to do. And so I think I've said everything I can say. I think I've prayed everything I can pray. What are you going to do? Exactly. (laughs) That he puts a wreath on your front porch, right? He puts a wreath on your front porch. And, you know, the thing I love so many times in my life that it's happened, and I'm, you know, I'm old enough now that I can look back and see, I can see the pattern in the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, 
is that when I get in that place, it's a place of birth, not death. Wow. And I've always thought it was like, oh, my it's gosh. It's a place of birth and not death. Writing that down. It is. Keep, I mean, keep talking about that. Well, because I think, you know, I let things go or I give myself the freedom to think a new thought and something is birthed. Mm-hmm. And that does mean I'm letting something go. Maybe for me, you know, 25 years of putting the nutcrackers out yeah. on these huge displays so my kids think I'm a good mom or whatever I'm doing it for. Right, right. And, and it's like, I know that's such a tiny example, but I, there's many, many more examples that all of us have is like when you get to that place and you think it's death, it's probably birth. That has to be true. I'm sorry to be this bible already on a Sunday, but I mean, that has to be how Mary felt. I mean, I, I can't imagine getting that message from an angel that you're pregnant, even though you've never been with the man. And now you have to tell your whole community. It had. I've never thought about this till we're sitting here. That had to feel like a, like death. a death to her because mm-hmm. she probably thought Joseph was going to leave her and she probably thought her family would throw her out and I've never thought about that, what that required of her where she thought there was a death when there was a birth. Mm. Yeah, and I just, I think that whole story is filled with that over and over. And, you know, I was just sitting with a man two days ago, and I'd just flown in from this event, and we were sitting at the cafe at Thistle Farms, 5122 Charlotte Avenue, (laughs) if anybody wants to come in and eat. I like to do random plugs as I'm telling sweet stories. Oh, I want you to. I want Everybody (laughs) needs to come see the, the food's delicious, but the... The chandelier made of teacups yeah. is one of the most beautiful things in the city. Oh, so thank I you, love Annie. that. Thank you. So I came in, you know, just flown in, came in, sat down two days ago, and this man started talking to me about his story, and it was a horrible story. And he said, you know, I've waited months to have a time with you. I've, you know, requested this time so I could sit here Gosh. and tell you this thing. And as he started talking, I was realizing that I'm – I was kind of drifting in, not paying attention. I was thinking about some of our projects. I was thinking yeah. about families, thinking about whatever. And then I thought, I have to do that. Really put on your listening ears where you lean in, where you just focus. And at that moment in the cafe, the music felt louder than his voice almost. And it was, what child is this? And I was looking at him, listening to kind of blah, 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 uh-huh. You know, horrible, not blah, blah, meaningless, blah, 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 really sad, thinking, oh, my gosh, you're the child. Huh. What child is this is you? What child is this is me? What child is this is us? And it was really, like, beautiful to hear the whole story of Mary again about what child is this, what Mary was thinking or holding. Was this man in front of me? Yeah. And I hope anybody out there remembers what child is this is you if Christ is in us. That's we are the child. Yes. We are the we are part of that. Yeah. So will you tell us about Thistle Farms, how many women you have, and then I have a what child is this question sure. to follow up. So Thistle Farms has been around for twenty five years. We started in Nashville. It's a national and global network now. It's about women's freedom who have suffered from being prostituted, addicted, trafficked in the United States and other countries as well. And we started with just one house, but then we started to manufacture bath and body care products and grew Justice Enterprises from there. There's about 105 employees, about 70% are women who are either residents or graduates. You know, this is our busy, great season where we ship all over the world. Wow. It's, it's, It's 
amazing how much fun it is to sit with somebody that's been in prison for the last four years to watch their first Christmas. Yeah. And how many women live in your safe houses? So we have in our residential homes about 30 women. Okay. In any given time, we probably have three to five women in the safe house. And then what we're all about, too, though, is now is we refer women all over the country. We are a network, uh, wow. and we're able to hook women up from North Carolina to Nebraska yeah. to wherever, you know, bring them together to yeah. do that. I was literally thinking Omaha when you said Nebraska. So, okay, Lord, if there's someone listening in Omaha that needs some help, Thistle Farms can help you. Amen. So they can find a way to find a place it's for called, you. It's called Magdalene Omaha. Magdalene okay. Omaha is our sister program there. We helped start it probably four years ago. Okay. So it's a beautiful place. It's, it's a great place for people to go. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Mercy Project. As we're in such an important conversation with Becca, who leads so beautifully to restore women out of trafficking, I love that we have the opportunity to also partner with an organization that's fighting a different kind of trafficking halfway around the world. See, in Ghana, there are thousands of children trafficked into the fishing industry as a result of the desperate financial situations their family finds themselves in. They feel it's their last chance to try to ensure their child will survive, to sell them into doing grueling work for 12 long hours a day. It's a poverty cycle. The sad reality is that many of the fishermen were trafficked when they were kids. Mercy Project takes a creative and holistic approach to this system. And reading about the amazing results brought tears to my eyes. They're forming ongoing partnerships with the villages and teaching new fishing techniques that are more lucrative and they replace the need for child labor. This allows the children to be released and reunited with their families. Isn't that incredible? More than 200 children have gone home to live with their families as a result of Mercy Project's efforts over the last 10 years. And they want to keep going. This is where they can use our help. There are currently 50 formerly trafficked children in Ghana needing a sponsor. You can empower a formerly trafficked child to receive education and experience freedom for only $45 a month. And we are chipping away at those 50. I would love to see all 50 of those kids cared for by a That Sounds Fun friend. This month, Mercy Project is also going to randomly select a new child sponsor, that could be you, to travel to Ghana with their team in 2022. This will be an all expenses paid trip where you get to meet your sponsor child and their family, see the amazing work you're supporting and experience the beauty of Ghana. Let's help all 50 of these kids start 2022 with hope. Simply text that sounds fun to 74121 to help today. Imagine how much this gift will transform communities for good. Again, text that sounds fun to 74121 or visit mercyproject.net slash that sounds fun. Hey, my name is Jamar Tisby. I wrote the book, How to Fight Racism. And my favorite Christmas song is We Three Kings of Orient Art. Why do you love that one? It's, I belt it out. I just love singing it. I'm not a good singer, but I love singing, much to my wife's chagrin. So I'm gonna sing, and I'm at the age where I don't, I don't get embarrassed, so I don't care who hears me. <laughs> hey, I'm John Eldridge, author of Wild at Heart. And my favorite Christmas song are the opening movements of Handel's Messiah because the beauty of it and the hopefulness, right? Comfort ye. Like comfort my people, are you kidding me? I love that. And now back to our conversation with Becca. 
back to the what child is this question, I'm thinking about the women that y'all partner with and serve and employ. The longer they're with you, the more Christmas has to change in mm-hmm. a good way for them. And so how do we talk to people who haven't experienced healthy Christmas or loving Christmas about them being part of the story, the what child is this story? Mm. How do we bring hope back to Christmas for people who have not experienced that? Yeah, I think um, God, it was like, Annie, like seriously, like five days ago, this woman said to me how wild it was to experience Christmas in color. Wow. That there's so many bright colors over at Thistle Farms and she's dealing with these products and it's busy and there's, you know, residential parties, there's all these things. And she had, you know, been in prison for the last four or five years because, you know, we criminalize women who've been victims. That's what we do. (laughs) And um, when she said that, I thought, you know, we don't necessarily have to bring hope to somebody that hasn't felt it, but it's like providing the time and the space for people to see the color of Christmas again feels like a big gift. Like, you know, who wants Christmas in black and white? Right. Nobody. Nobody. And I think, you know, for all of us, we think we have to be some kind of hero or do something amazing so people can feel the hope or feel the joy or have to come up with the right words. And it's like, no, just be a good host. Just be a good host. Yes. Just, you know, send a Christmas card, do whatever you know, say kind thing to somebody like, I see you, I love you, I hear you. And it's like, maybe it'll come into color, full color for them because of you. And I just think people basically want to be the hero of their own story in many ways as, as a servant and as somebody that's part of a faithful community, but we don't have to be each other's heroes. Wow. It's not your job to bring me hope. It's not my job to bring you hope, but it is my job to sit across the table and see you and love you and say, I want to be with you as you figure out what makes Christmas in color for you. Do places like Magdalene Omaha and Thistle Farms need volunteers? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. You know, I mean, that's one of the questions people always ask is what can we do to help? And my answer is, you know, do whatever is on your heart Uh because all of it matters. Whether it's like today, all I can muster is a social media post. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Social media advocacy, positivity on social media. That's huge. If you want to just say a prayer, huge. Yes. Yes. I mean, huge, huge. Say prayers for each other. If you want to look it up on a website and figure out volunteer opportunities and see where you are and what the closest sister program is, awesome. Yeah. Do all of that. Yeah. Yeah, and anybody can DM me, Becca Stevens, um, on Instagram, anywhere, or Thistle Farms. Just message us. We check that stuff every day. Yeah, yeah. And then you can say, here's how you can help. Yes. Or if you need help. That's what I was going to ask you, Becca. As people are listening, I know a lot. I mean, kids are home from school for the next couple of weeks. Kids were home for all of last year. I just, I don't even know how to phrase this question correctly, but I feel like there are people listening who don't know if they need help or not. Mm. Is this just how marriage is or do I need to get out? Mm -hmm. Am I being abused or am I bringing this on myself? So talk to the women who are listening. How do we know the line of I need help? 
Well, I think you probably do need help if you're asking that question, just so you know. Okay. And nobody brings that on themselves. Right. You don't, I mean, if somebody is abusing you, if you are in an unsafe situation, if you feel anxious and scared, just reach out. And honestly, our biggest, biggest source of referrals is social media. Really? Yeah. So people People DM you and say they need help. Yeah. And, you know. Just so everybody knows, you can email me if you feel comfortable with email, Becca Stevens at thistlefarms.org, Becca Stevens, B-E-C-C-A-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, at thistlefarms.org. We will get you help. You can direct message me if you don't want to do email. However you want to do it, we will get you in touch with the right people in a safe and beautiful way. I don't like to put 800 numbers out there. I don't like to put referral programs out there because I really think people need human-to-human contact for this kind of thing. And it doesn't help, um, you know, to send you to an app where you feel this void of human contact. Yeah, we'll get back to you in 24 to 48 hours or whatever, right. So I'm saying if you are in that space, go ahead and direct message, email, do whatever you want to do to get in touch with us, and we will not let you down. That's the truth, because here's the thing is like, it's probably worse than the women are letting themselves think, not better. Wow. It is probably worse than you're letting yourself believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Well, well we're, we, women are so extraordinary. <laughs> I love men too. I would like to live with one, but women are so extraordinary that they will just put their heads down and get it done and not say it's as bad as it is. Well, and that's why like my whole life has been about creating really safe communities of women to sit together and do these circles like we do crafts or whatever, whatever the task is we're doing because women start sharing stories and they start going, you too? Mm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. I mean, global issues of sexual assault, individual women bear on their backs in shame. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't have a lot of friends who have told me that they've been abused in their marriages. I don't have a lot of friends who have said that. I've seen it once. And I remember hearing her say, it's probably like this in every family. And I just would say back, I don't think it is. It wasn't in my house growing up. It wasn't in your house growing up. And you saying it's probably worse than they are telling themselves is the one experience I have of that is it was worse than she was saying. Well, and the other thing is that people have so much shame and guilt around it that it's, they can't let themselves think it sometimes. And not even just in marriage. I'm talking about in relationships yes. and all kinds of other relationships. Like for me, my very first experience of sexual abuse happened before I knew the language of it. Mm. I'm like, I didn't know the words for what was happening to me. And because I didn't know, you kind of grow up thinking maybe that does happen a lot or maybe I did something wrong or like you don't wow. know. Right. Right. And you can't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that's what I think part of what we do when we tell the stories and we say, you know, you might not know, but we know that that's not right. And we want to be there for you and we want to help you. Right. We want to help you. There's a whole community, thousands of women rallying and cheering for you that want to help you to say, you can do this. Yes. You can make it better for you. And if you have any kids for your children. I'm thinking even for a woman who's like, I'm not sure, just email Becca and let her tell you. 
Absolutely. Like you can draw, the, you can decide, Becca. You can tell them this is abuse or this is not. But or, if you can't email, and I'm sure the answer is going to be yes, but I'm like, let someone else assess it with you. Yes. Or we can especially get you in touch with the right people who can help you walk through to find out what the choices and the options are for yeah. you. The main thing I want to say is that, you know, for everybody out there listening, you know, you are an advocate, you are a friend, you are a sister. There are probably, you know, you don't necessarily even have to just email a stranger. I'm happy, happy to take your email. But also, the best thing you can do is run to safe community. Run, not walk. And that might mean two of the 20 friends that you know, two of them you trust, and you sit down with them and you say, hey, I'm scared, and this is why I'm scared, and I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be asked to make huge decisions that I'm not ready to make. I just need to say this is my truth and I want to speak it and I want you to hear me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we can just be that. So talk to the people who are going to get that phone call. The ones who are deemed two of the 20 mm-hmm. safe. If I got that phone call tomorrow, I would be like, we have to get you out. You, you have to, and like I would panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the next move for the one who gets that phone call? The move for the one that gets the phone call is to sit down and be a discernment committee. Okay. Honest to God. Okay. Like we are capable of that. We yes. have been together. We know each other. And we're trying to say we are going to work. It's not up to me to make your decision about what you're going to do. Yeah. It's up to me to hear the story and say together, let's figure the next step out. Mm. You know, it's not on you. It's not on them. The idea is community is the strongest and oldest entity for healing the world knows. Wow. Period. Right. And when two or three women are gathered, Jesus is there. Amen? Yes. Amen. (laughs) It's a Sunday morning. Preach it. That's right. So it's like you don't have to know the outcome before you gather. Yes. We don't have to know how the Spirit is going to move us. There are tons of resources out there. If the Spirit is moving towards resources, absolutely. If the Spirit is moving towards 911, absolutely. If the Spirit is moving towards calling the pastor and saying, now we need a more formal meeting in a place where, again, that silence is, is is honored, and the reason the whole anonymity of a 12-step program works is because people have to find spaces where they can feel, I can share the story, but yeah. you're not going to out me to my whole community. Right. So, again, these are smaller steps. If it's like somebody's life is threatened, you know, immediately— well, of course, as a friend, your discernment is going to be, I'm calling 911. Right. We're right. done. Right. If it's more of a, a gentle, graceful process, great. Yeah. But, you know, the women that we are working with at Thistle Farms, I mean, it's a crim- mostly criminal history of trafficking, right. Right. of horrible addictions, of horrible abuse. Women who were prostituted beginning at the age of five and six by their own mothers. Oh, my gosh. A woman that my... One of the latest women coming into the national network who's referring people, you know, she was impregnated at 14. And I say that because it was a rape. Yes. And then her mother sold her to a dealer and her child at 15 for $5,000. My gosh. And so my, I mean, on those situations... That's so extreme, but I'm trying to say that's basically... I mean, if that's happened once, if you know one story of that, that's not probably as extreme as it feels like to me, right? Yeah, and so I'm saying I think there's a whole spectrum of what what it looks like. And the idea of sometimes you can take it slow and sometimes it needs to be 911, I hope people have that kind of discernment and we can trust each other in that. 
But I will say for us, the women that we, you know, that come in and that are in our community, they need a good two years just to understand what the trauma is they've gone through. They don't even know. So you spend the first couple of years with them. They're working, they're going through the program, and you're not even expecting them to have real answers yet. <laughs> no, and it's, and it's almost like I remember slowly. And, you know, wow. Annie, I've come to learn truly, and it's so humbling that, like, our bodies and our minds and our hearts don't heal at the same pace. Our bodies and our minds and our hearts don't heal at the same pace. Who's fastest? Your oh, body? your body. Yeah. And your heart's the slowest. Yeah, <laughs> that feels true. And, you know, we have women who are functioning, looks like it's all great, and then they get they go back into a horrible relationship because that's the hardest one and it's their heart is still tender. So yeah. all that to say, like, to any listeners out there, you know, be gentle with your heart, um, be there for a friend, and know that you can find safe place in community. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about one of our incredible partners, Christian Parenting, and their Read, Ask, Go Advent devotionals. Did the holidays kind of sneak up on you this year, like Becca was talking about? Do you feel a little like you're missing the Advent season with your family? It is not too late to get your hands on the Read, Ask, Go interactive family Advent devotional from Christian Parenting. Read, Ask, Go includes 25 days of family fun, like a passage of scripture to read, questions that start awesome conversations, and going to spread Christmas cheer throughout your home and community. This devotional is super fun, and most of all, a meaningful way to gather as a family and celebrate Christ's coming each Advent season. For our That Sounds Fun friends only, you can download a one-day free sample to try out with your family and use the code TSF5OFF to get $5 off your purchase today. Visit christianparenting.org slash TSF to download your free sample and redeem this offer. And if you order today, you will receive the Read, Ask, Go Advent devotional before Christmas Day. And you can celebrate the season with your family and use the devotional to usher Christmas in every year. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about, y'all, pretzels.com. We take snacking pretty serious around this office. It is often the topic of conversation around here, but there's one snack situation we are all agreeing on, and we are here for pretzels. And pretzels.com has got us covered. They have an amazing collection of over 50 gourmet flavors you're going to love. And these make the perfect holiday gift, too. When I tried the garlic ranch pretzels, and they were so good, I immediately went to the website to see what other flavors there are. Y'all, there's a salt meats vinegar that is top of my list to try, along with the pizza one. And the apple strudel flavor is calling my name. And I cannot wait to gift these as part of some gift baskets I'm putting together. The packaging is so cool, and the prices are super reasonable. Pretzels.com bakes micro-batches of their 50-plus gourmet flavors. Makes a huge difference. With so many options to choose from, these will really make the year's best gift. And if any of your people have a sweet tooth, then check out licorice.com as well. They have over 50 premium gourmet licorice varieties from around the world. They've got licorice candy canes, green apple shorties, watermelon sour twist, just to name a few. Ordering these amazing holiday gifts for your family and friends or just for yourself. Treat yourself from pretzels.com today. Check out licorice.com today as well. And if you go right now, I have an awesome deal for you. You get 20% off your order, but only when you use the code that sounds fun. So don't wait. Go to pretzels.com today. Use the code that sounds fun and tell me how those pizza pretzels are because ours have not arrived yet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bubba Watson, author of Up and Down. My favorite Christmas song? That's Bubba Claus. 
that's a real song. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I just touched down on my hub of crab. It's hub uh, claws. You never heard that? No, who sings that? Uh, this guy. Oh my gosh, it's your own Christmas song? Yes. Bubba Watson, what a dream. I did not know that. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm Google. so you sorry. Your phone I didn't there. Know that. Google, go on iTunes yes. and click on, click on, type in Bubba Claws. I knew you were going to say it. That's why I paused because I knew you were going to. I'm glad you did. Yeah, because I usually don't interrupt, but I did. No, no. Um, awesome. Bubba Claws, 100%. My name is Kate Bowler, and I'm the author of No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Need to Hear. And my favorite Christmas song is Good King Winslessless, because I can't pronounce it, and no one knows the second line. My name is Trillia Newbell. I'm the author of The Big Wide Welcome, and my favorite Christmas song is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And now back to finish up our conversation with Becca. Right now, the two loudest court cases that we're hearing on national news. They involve children and sexual abuse. Yeah. For people who that rings so personal and for every woman you're working with, when these are the loudest things in the news, does that feel justifying or does that feel heartbreaking or neither? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think media brings out the cynical part of people Uh that are, have gone through and lived through it sometimes like, like you don't know or right. sure you're saying that that you know it's not heartbreaking but sometimes it it's not heartbreaking for sure but it's definitely sometimes like you know i believe that a lot of us were very excited about me too and the idea that people's jobs were just to listen and hear the story yeah. and then say me too and yeah. i think i hope that as people are hearing the big sensational stories they remember there's Another thousand quieter stories back there. Yes. yes. And just to be compassionate to each other and be kind in this season, because this is a hard season for people who have, while resilient, are still survivors. Yes. Yes. When you were writing Practically Divine, I mean, you're writing it in the midst of Me Too being so loud, in the midst of the pandemic and the lockdown, in the midst of the racial unrest, and you serve a lot of different women from different backgrounds, socioeconomic, racially, all sorts of differences. How did all that play into Practically Divine in a different way than your other books? Yeah. So, I mean, it was an amazing time to write. You know this. It was an amazing time to do writing. We didn't have anywhere to go. Didn't have anywhere to go. We could just, you know, sit back, uh-huh. write, write, rewrite and rewrite. It was it was a huge gift. And I had an amazing editor. I loved the whole process. And I walked through the year with it. I mean, it's 25 years of gleaning stories from women and figuring out, you know, all these beautiful ways that we are both practically divine in the sense of almost divine and yeah. enough. Yeah. And kind of being where we are. But I take it, you know, I take a lot of, of, of the stories and the through line of that book from what was unfolding that year. Yes. And I specifically remember one of the women, um, African-American leader at Thistle Farms, who was a survivor who was getting married in the middle of COVID. So there's only six of us. And she oh looked at me one day and said, I know you want me to be grateful because you got me off the streets, but I'm mad as hell. Really? And like it was in the middle of George Floyd protests, all of that, and she was mad as hell about a lot of things. And I was like, "Well, I believe you, mm-hmm. and I want to hear you, but also this is really going to be awkward because I'm marrying you to your husband with six people present in right. two weeks. Like now, now I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. Anyway, 
got to the wedding and she had this dress and her best, her maid of honor. So there's six of us there. Her maid of honor was trying to tie up her dress. She had gotten this, I don't know, you know, sometimes it was like this princess dress with probably 25 lace things that oh, you had to Oh, right, like lay. the back of a corset kind yes, of thing. Yes, the back, yes. Wow, that's those those are intense. Intense, and yes. she couldn't do it alone. And yes. I came in, she's like, I need help. And we had to sit down on our bottoms pulling mm-hmm. on this like 25-yard silk ribbon, ribbon trying yeah. to tie it up. And, we <laughs> and get all, her into it. Well, and we get... all ended up laughing so daggum hard. <laughs> and it was like all this stuff like the tensions that the world wants to make you feel and the intensity of it and the media keep making it keep going. And in the end, it was three people in the back room of this little chapel trying to get her butt in this (laughs) wedding dress. And the grace of laughter saved us. And it was perfect. And we did a beautiful ceremony hug. She was bathed in light and beauty. And we have continued our friendship and our love. But it's like... Sometimes I think in the midst of some of those really hard months when there was a lot of stress, laughter was the gift. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? Yes. And just being with anyone was a gift. Being yeah. with anyone. That's how I started to go like, man, my community and my bandwidth for the amount of people I saw in a week. Well, first of all, it went down to zero for a bit, right? Yeah. But then when we started opening back up, I went, man, these four have been enough for me this whole time. Mm. And so what was, I'm working on being compassionate toward why I do what I do so I can understand why I do what I do a little bit better. And so I would be like, so what was it about needing to see that many people in a week before? Yesterday, I had to confess that I was gossiping about someone. I called someone back and said, I was gossiping. And when I'd asked myself the question, why did you have to do that? I said, because I want someone to tell me I did a good job. Mm. Oh, you just want someone to tell you you did a good job. And that was for me after COVID, I thought, oh, you just didn't want to be lonely. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be lonely. Mm-hmm. We're going to have seasons. Loneliness is no longer a bar of success or failure to me. It is just something that cohabitates with me on yes. and off. And so that was probably my biggest takeaway was, why are you so scared of being alone? Yes. But laughter with those people was the gift. You know, um, loneliness is the other epidemic. Besides depression among our mm-hmm. youth, loneliness mm-hmm. is the other one they're talking about. And I love that my mentor... Not, not that I ever met, but the one that I modeled all my ministry and life after in many ways was a woman named Dorothy Day who started the Catholic Worker Movement. Uh-huh. She started a whole community, and her autobiography was called The Long Loneliness. Wow. Is and it a good read? Should we read it? It's so – it's good. There's there's a better book than that that okay. she describes. In the, but anyway, but I thought, you know, I loved knowing that community is not the anecdote to loneliness. Yes, that you can still be lonely and you can still have it. And that community for me is this idea that I can be lonely with other people, which feels very safe. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, it was the very first concern of God. Was you know, for us not to be alone. Not to be alone. Yeah. And it's like it didn't cure loneliness, but he made it where we right. didn't have to be alone. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. The very first concern of God's. Yeah, that's right. Becca, I've just decided that I had to remove loneliness from the filter of how I decided my day was going. Mm-hmm. I just had to remove loneliness because I was like, none of us feel understood all the time. None of us feel understood most of the time. And so to to use that as my scale of how the day was going was not serving me. 
And it's also probably one of the biggest gifts you've been given is this lonely heart because, you know, one of my other great mentors is Howard Thurman, who was a mystic. He was probably the grandfather of the whole civil rights movement. And he said, there's loneliness in another key. It's the loneliness of the truth seeker that is willing to go beyond borders. Wow. And really, Annie, what you've done is you've gone beyond what people understand the borders of ministry are mm-hmm. or the borders mm-hmm. of book authors are or the borders yeah. of a speaker are. And you've gone into a new space, and of course it's lonely. Yeah. And of course it's compelling you because you are a truth seeker. Yeah. And it's okay that it's lonely. For sure it's going to be lonely. Yeah. Do you feel lonely when you write? Like when you are working on Practically Divine, is that, that's when I feel the most lonely is mm-hmm. when I'm working on a book that nobody else is seeing. I used to explain it this way. So my husband had a record deal with Sony Records for a while. His Marcus Hummond, he has beautiful career of writing. He's unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. But his, his um, record deal went south pretty quick. Uh-huh. And we still had to go to all the parties. We still had to go to all the events, knowing it wasn't going that well. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you were showing up, and it wasn't going well. And I literally, it was like, I was, I felt like I was going to cry. I felt, like, so lonely at those events. Yeah. And then I would go to prison for my work and go visit women who would start to share a story. I would come out of prison, like, Fired up, ready to go, ready yeah. to start a new program. And I said, Marcus, how is it that I'm so lonely at the record business parties and I'm so excited at prison? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and he was, my husband was like, you just got to follow where you get your energy. Wow. Like, stop going to the record parties. Yeah. Just don't go. It's right. like, it's depressing and lonely. Yeah, right. And other you don't people, have to do this to yourself. No, and other people, other people go to that stuff and feel like, ah, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, I'm like hanging with the big dogs. And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's whatever, I think, where you find that feeds your soul is, you know, not that you have to live only in that space, but you have to know that space so you can fill yourself back up. Yes. I'm thinking about our friends who are going to be grabbing Practically Divine, reading it. Like, this is the kind of one you want to like, we're both drinking tea. You want your cup of tea. You want your blanket. You want, I told you before we started, this Practically Divine reminds me so much of some of the cadence and the skill of Lauren Winter, who's a, I know you don't, you aren't friends with her yet, but she's like one of my favorite writers. She Mm. made me want to write a decade ago. But this book just has such a sweet you feel like you're friends with you. It feels like the sweet cadence. What do you hope people get when they read this? When they're wrapped up in their blanket, they're home from work, they're home from school, it's between Christmas and New Year's, it's dark. What do you hope happens when they're reading? I hope that they never feel like procrastination is something that they live into anymore. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, I feel like there's so much like people, you know, admire problems or people dissect problems yeah. or people you know, study problems, whatever the thing is, analyze. And they think that's all the reasons you don't want to do something. Yeah. And I hope when you read this book, it's like, oh, yeah, I need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do I'm something. Done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to wait, you know, till I'm out of debt. I'm not going to wait yes. till I lose 10 pounds. I'm not going to wait until the kids are off at college. I'm not going to wait until I get the promotion. Yes. I am going to live into my fullest potential practically divine now. I'm not yes. going to just think I have to do something big or it has to be perfect. You know, it's all these chapters about creativity and about the 
you know, just the idea of perfectly imperfect, all of those things and how just you can see the beauty in a quartz as easily as you can a diamond. So go look. Go look. Becca Stevens, how do you do that? You can see the beauty in a quartz as well as you can in a diamond. You're right. Oh, you're right. I love books like this that are that make me want to change but aren't giving me the shoulds. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. This isn't like a get ready for 2022. This is like, (laughs) no, just like hear some stories and see what your next right thing is, Mm. what your next move is. Isn't it saying like today when when you, you know, walk out your door, what do you see? What do you see? Yeah. And where is God in what you're seeing? Let's figure that out together and train ourselves to have practices that help us see it. Help yes. us see it all around us. Yes. In each other. Yeah. Man, I, yeah, I can't wait for our friends to get to read this. Today is Sunday, the 12th. Can we still get stuff from Thistle Farms shipped in time for Christmas? What's y'all's <laughs> cutoff date? Definitely you can get stuff. Call today. Get okay. a book. Get a candle. Oh, yeah, because they have these at Thistle Farms, right? Oh, we yeah. Get practically divine from And you can, from y'all. we'll ship them. Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'll okay, sign good. them. You can make a request. I'll go in there on Monday and sign you them all. You are too nice. You are too nice. You better mean it. <laughs> Becca Stevens, I know you mean it, but we may be about have to ruin you your hand. Me? Yes, I know. You mean everything. I know. That's why you're wonderful. <laughs> but I'm like, gosh, there's a lot of people who want this book. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's what I want, too. I want folks, when they're listening to your podcast and when they're thinking about these holidays, is to remember they are practically divine. Yeah. You know, that they're dirt and angels, that you have hopes, you have um, grievings, you have all of that stuff, and all of us do. And just to see the holiness in wherever you are and feel God's love in some new way that you forgot to look under a rock and find it or someplace. Yeah. And that you feel like the child. Yes. I hope that for everybody. That's beautiful. Thank you. One of the questions we're asking everybody, Mm -hmm. we've been doing this all year. It was a surprise to our listeners. Every guest we've had for the whole year, we've asked them their favorite Christmas song. So sprinkled in all these episodes are every guest they've heard all year talking about their favorite Christmas song. So what's your favorite Christmas song? Well, definitely this year it's What Child Is This? Yeah, I bet. I bet that one is on. (laughs) That is my whole theme song this year, and I never even thought about it. And the answer is you, Annie Downs. Yeah. yeah what I, child I is this? You. Is you? It's you, Johnny, out there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> doing our sound. It's me. It's all of us. Yeah. What child is this? That's us. Beautiful. The last question we always ask is because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. What sounds fun to me is a really, really rich, thick, hot chocolate. <laughs> I have been waiting for it to get cold enough in Nashville, Tennessee to say, this warrants me melting a big thing of hot chocolate. Yes. I have this snowman already in the shape of one. Yes. And I haven't done it yet. But somehow to me that sounds so lavish. Yes. So decadent. And I really don't even know why. I don't know that I've ever <laughs> craved like just this. I mean, I got it in. I was out on, in the field doing yeah. some work with women. And it's like a $30 snowman uh-huh. that turns into supposedly the best hot chocolate you've ever had. Oh, it's like one of those hot chocolate bomb things that you yes. put in the milk or whatever. And it serves six people. And <gasps> I haven't even been around oh six people. Gosh. But I'm like going, I am craving it. And that sounds so fun to me and ridiculous that I can't wait. Now listen, don't hold yourself to sharing that with five other people. You make it and drink as much <laughs> as you want. And then you share it with whoever's le- with as much as left over. To send us out today, would you mind praying for us? Gracious and loving God. 
Thank you for the gift of this podcast, for its faithfulness when we were separated to keep us connected. Thank you for all the words that keep us hoping for things that sound fun and bring us joy in our lives, even in the midst of what can be struggles. Be with everybody in this holiday season so they never forget the healing power of love so that we can continue to serve you all the days of our life. We pray this in the name given to us under heaven and on earth for all our hope and healing for how it is that love was made flesh. Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, y'all, don't you just love her? I just, uh, I just can't. It's too much. She was so good. And I took so many notes that will be going directly into my journal. I am so thankful for her. Remember, you can go to thistlefarms.org and you can order a copy of her new book, Practically Divine. You can also grab all the other things. You need to get all the other things. But remember, she said she'll sign it for you. So if you want an autographed one for you or for your people, like, let's go. She's ready. She's ready to sign them tomorrow. So go to thistlefarms.org and go to the shop tab for all the things you haven't bought yet that you need. If you need anything else from me, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find 24-7 during the 12 days of Christmas. I am here. It's also Annie Up Downs on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same today. What sounds fun to me? Well, my feet are cold, so I'm going to put on my glitter slippers. That sounds fun to me. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for day five of our 12 days of Christmas. And what we all need on a Monday morning is some laughs. So tomorrow, meet us here with our friend, comedian, Nate Bargatze. He is hilarious. We're going to have a blast. Y'all are not going to want to miss it. See you tomorrow. Okay, we are back with our Enneagram Ones, Brad and Fallon. Let's talk about your favorite Christmas song. Fal, what is it? So my favorite Christmas song, uh, technically, is this a Christmas song? You guys can let me know. Old Lang Syne. Is that a Christmas song? Sure. I guess it's a New Year's song. It's a holiday song. It's a Wonderful Life, right? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Why, though, Fal? It brings tears to my eyes every time. I don't know. I don't know if it's the melody, the notes put together, the word. I don't know what it is. I just get real in my feels when I listen to it, and I just think it's one of the most beautiful songs. And the title of the song, like it just sounds cool. Yeah. And just what it means of like camaraderie and companionship, and we're all in this together, and we're reflecting on the past year, and here we go moving forward. I don't even know what old Lang Syne means. I don't either. I'm no just clue. translating what I think it means. Brad, you tell us what your favorite song is. I'm going to look up what old Lang Syne means. Uh, yeah. Um, man, so many choices. Um, I have to go with probably Oh Holy Night uh, for mine. Who do I feel you like, like I just turned it into it? like more reverent no, that's or beautiful. something. That yeah, was you know, not the intent. Or like too I serious. Went, I was like, oh, he went spiritual. I have gone <laughs> that's exactly spiritual. what I mean. I'm like, I didn't mean to do that. But I think for whatever reason, I was, you know, when I think about uh, Christmas songs, that's the song that gets me. Christmas is so hard to get to a place. I, I think as a believer, I fight to get to a place where I'm like remembering what it's really about. Sure. That song, for whatever reason, you know, on the spiritual side of things, like that one just puts me like somehow in the manger. Just wow. like, it just kind of, that that kind of gets me where where I need to be to kind of get in the right headspace. And so I think yeah. I'm just thankful for that song. It just every time I hear it from whatever artist, it always puts me in the right, right place. And then I think even about that line too, that when it's, um, when he appeared um, and the soul felt his worth. It's like, I'm, I mean, I'm still even processing what that means, but just like what Jesus does to give us, give our souls weight, you know, like, it's just like, 
I love when I get in the even in the in the words of that song. It does something to me. Who do you love hearing sing? Is there one version of it you love? For sure. Yeah. So. 100% Andy Gillivorn and Jill Phillips. Oh, They've got a yeah. version. I mean, they're I'm massive fans of theirs for a lot of reasons, but their Christmas album is phenomenal to me. I love their rendition. Yeah. Um, Old Lang Syne is a Scottish phrase, Old Lang Syne, and it means days gone by or old times. So when we're actually singing it, we're singing for the sake of old times, like thinking back on the last year. 